Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by EIEIO Marketing. Facebook advertising does not have to be stressful and overwhelming, not when you have a former Facebook employee in your corner. So if your business is looking for a reputable agency to manage your Facebook ads for you, visit eieiomarketing.com and reach out today for a free consultation. When you think about your Facebook marketing strategy, always remember EIEIO where their name isn't just cute, it represents the ideal Facebook strategy. Engage, interact, educate, influence, and optimize. Now it's time to introduce today's guest. She is a speaker, author, and parent educator, the founder of Authentic Parenting. She also has a popular podcast called Authentic Moments. She's a mom to a vibrant nine-year-old who doesn't approve of her fashion choices. As a child, she survived a severe earthquake and lost her mom at a young age. She's been through trauma, pain, and a lot of suffering. With a strong passion for helping children, she's dedicated her life working with abused, neglected, orphaned, institutionalized children, and juvenile delinquents. After nearly 20 years, she's realized that it's through helping parents that she can help children. Today, she's supporting parents around the world by moving from traditional ways of parenting into more peaceful, conscious ways by making sense of their past life experiences, healing from trauma, building effective communication, practicing non-punitive discipline, and setting limits with love and kindness. She's a multilingual, multi-talented person who loves dark roast coffee and dark chocolate with salted caramel. I'm excited today to introduce to you Anna Seawald. Hi, Anna. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Meg. Thank you for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about your business and, and what you're doing right now? Yes, I am a parent educator. I'm a psychologist, actually, turned parent educator. For nearly 18 years, I worked with children all my life. And it was only when I became a mom, my perspective shifted on a lot of things, including my career. And I realized that it's parents who need help and support So I dedicated my attention and my energy towards helping parents, but my why is still children. The why of my work is I want to help children so no child should ever suffer from the harms of poor parenting. So you had the traditional 
nine to five job as a psychologist. And then at what point did you leave and how did that transaction look to you? I did have traditional jobs. You are absolutely right. I worked in different education settings, schools, a correctional facility. I worked um, at the university. I worked internationally even. I taught at the college. So I had many different jobs and they were all traditional. But it was when I became a mom. At that time, I had no experience working for myself. And I'm not coming from an entrepreneurial family. Both of my parents were teachers, <laughs> you know, and my entire family uh, clan is teachers. The only person, I was just thinking today before our podcast, the only person who was a true entrepreneur in my family was my uncle, but he wasn't a successful one. He, he failed at every business he ever started. But I remember as a child watching him and enjoying that process of him starting something, not giving up, pivoting and starting something new, a new venture, meeting different people, negotiations, that kind of like the thrill of it. It was like, wow, this is amazing. And deep in my heart, I am a rebel. I guess I don't like to <laughs> be told what to do. I don't like rules, even though I worked in formal settings like college, school. But even then, I always was this weirdo, crazy person who always did something outside the box. I never fit into the box. And even like when I was teaching, I would do things within my capacity of responsibilities, something completely wacko. And the director would say, to other teachers, fellow teachers, you should guys do that too. That sounds like an amazing thing. Or So I was always this forging my own path type of person, thinking very crazy creatively. And I guess it was natural <laughs> to use that in my own private practice. It was a natural progression. My old husband also has his private practice. Uh, I wouldn't say he's an entrepreneur particularly, he has a low practice. He's a professional, but I saw him starting the business. I helped him build his practice. I even worked for him in the beginning. I designed things for him, like letterheads and things like that. So that gave me courage. And because I am in the United States, I have to tell you that I was born in, and raised in Armenia. And United States is the land of opportunities, right? Like there is this freedom, you can do whatever you want. So it truly, I embraced that and I built my private practice. It's been, I think, about nine years now. Now, did you, what did your parents think of that process? Because you said that they were not entrepreneurial. Did you get any pushback from your, your parents or your other family? I know you talked about being a, a wacko and things like that. Did they think you'd gone crazy? <laughs> I have only a father. He lives overseas. My mom is not alive, unfortunately. But my father, yes, because he always held this traditional teacher jobs, he was like, uh, I don't know, maybe you should still look for like a teaching position. They, he never thought that this will work. And even today, he's like, I don't know. When I tell people what you do, like it would be a lot better if I said she's a professor at such and such university. 
And the same is true for my in-laws. They are teachers too. You know, they are American, but they have the same teacher mindset. And my mother-in-law, every time she's like, how is business? Do you have clients? Are you getting any work? Oh, I see your posts on social media. Like she is not excited. Like she's always worried that something may go wrong. I don't know. It's hard to convince them. Partly, I feel like they don't even believe me when I have some success. (laughs) I think it's hard when it's a different world that you're not used to, you know, something they're not familiar with. Yes, yes. So when you launched your practice, did you quit your job and jump in with two feet? Did you launch your practice alongside your full-time job? What did that transition look like? I did not have a full-time job at that time because I was a new mom. I intentionally decided to stay at home for the few years of my child's life to be a full-time mom and be of support of my husband. I was helping him at that time, but it wasn't my career or anything. Uh, So I was home and it all started truthfully. I created a mommy group in my neighborhood because I was lonely, isolated as a new mom. I had no support. I created that mommy group and the ladies of that group, this was this amazing international group of women who joined my mommy group. They told me, wow, you know so much about children, development. I mean, it was natural for me because I worked about 20 years with kids, right? And I said, everybody knows parenting. They were like, no, no, no. You should really open a business. You should teach this. I I didn't believe, but you know, after so many times, it it's like sinks in. Maybe there is some idea here. I did not, however, open my practice like right away. First of all, I didn't have the confidence or the experience or any knowledge of that matter. I um, started making t-shirts with slogans about parenting, I guess, something of that nature. It didn't go very well. My Etsy shop didn't work out. I sold probably a couple of t-shirts. Then I started a blog. Like I started so many different things. It was like a stepping point, but I was avoiding the main thing that I meant to do. And when I created my eight-week learning program, I asked my husband if I could use his conference room in his office for my support group. And he was like, yeah, sure. He said so confidently because he didn't believe that it's going to take off, you know. He gave me his conference room and on weekends, I ran my first group in his conference room. I promoted in a local preschool and people signed up for my program and I charged $30 per session per person. That was my fee. I just came up with that fee. It it worked. People loved it and from then, they invited me to go to preschools to talk to you know, other people, and they referred people to me. They started working with me one-on-one, and I'm like, wow, I need my own office. I can't use my husband's office because you know, he's running his own business. So I took the plunge one day, and I said to my husband, today's the day we're going to get an office for me. And he came with me. We searched the neighborhood. I remember vividly. And we called every number, every ad, and I signed a lease and can't remember the day. It was November of whatever year, but I remember that moment was like, are you sure, Anna? 
like I had this anxiety in me, but my husband wrote a check from his business account. Obviously, I didn't have any account. So that's it. That's the story. I love that you talked about how you were kind of lacking that confidence. And it sounds like you tried a couple different ventures that you were a little more confident in. Like a blog is has a little more anonymity than going out and having classes. So it's like you dabbled in some things that you felt safer doing, but ultimately you gained that confidence to step outside your comfort zone and found success with that. Yes, I think you can say that. And I see that happens a lot of times with many entrepreneurs and business owners, they dabble in something beforehand, they launch their main thing, right? I think like maybe it's a necessary prerequisite for people like to sharpen and have this idea in our head to incubate and marinate. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe if, if I hired a business coach, it would have been different, but I didn't have that perspective, you know? Exactly. It's kind of like baby steps. Like one of my first businesses I started was related to a direct sales company. Pay a little bit for the direct sales company, but you get that additional support. And then you start to learn some of the processes and the business elements behind it. And then you're able to apply those to something else. So I think it's it's taking the baby steps to get you to where you are. Yes, for sure. Just like anything in life, right? Our babies start to crawl and then walk and then ran. Like life and flowers and everything in nature, I think it needs its time. We can't rush the process. I learned that even today when I start something new or some kind of venture, I have that perspective now that it needs its time to bloom and process has to happen naturally and organically. I don't want to rush the process. Now, how have you found balance with parenting and owning a business? So you were home after having your kids and then you decided to launch this. And how did that whole process look to you? At first, I started very small. I didn't jump into it like full time because I had a child at home and I wanted to be a mom. That was my priority. I think getting clear on what you really want in life, it's important. I knew eventually my child will grow up. The first couple of years are important. And that's what I teach and preach. The formative years, zero to three, you know, the brain develops very rapidly. I wanted to make sure that I cultivated a healthy emotional attachment with my child, but I didn't treat my practice, my business as a business. It was a side thing. It was a, I wouldn't say a hobby, but it wasn't a full thing at that time in the beginning. It slowly, as my child grew, that's why I am not making a million dollar a year today. And maybe I will never do because I started with baby steps and I let my business take its own organic development alongside with my family, my child and my family being the priority. And to this day, I work like that. I don't work crazy hours until like midnight or I shut my computer at a specific time after my daughter comes home. Sometimes I have evening clients, but that's okay. I try to, again, put my family first I cook for my family. You know, I spend time with my daughter. I have only one child, so it's a, li a little easier for me. But even though I'm full time in private practice, 
but I try to maximize that time so I can have time with my family too. What would you say your number one tip would be for a parent who's going through this process themselves? So maybe they're where you were, you know, two or three years ago. What would your number one tip be for them? I would say don't kill yourself. Get clear on your priorities. It's it's a season, you know, dedicate time in that moment, in this period of your time to the thing that matters. And then you will regain that full potential, full time and dedicate to something else when the moment is right. But trying to do everything at once is going to provoke anxiety, is going to create a lot of tension. You're going to fail at everything. You're going to feel like you don't have time to be a great mom. You're not giving your full attention to your business. Or maybe you are, but you're just being busy and not really accomplishing what you really could. So I think taking a little bit of time and taking slow to go fast is my motto. I don't believe in do, 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 go, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry type of lifestyle or mentality. And I don't believe there is balance. Something always suffers. At the moment I'm speaking with you, I was busy doing a lot of work today and my kitchen is a mess. That's the beauty of, of life, you know, but I will clean that later today when I don't have anything else. So there is no balance. So don't aim for balance. You will, you will be misled and fooled. Don't believe people who sell the balance. You need to create that little priority and dedicate yourself to that in that moment and then move to the next thing. I think just trying to do everything all at once is not going to work. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yes. And kind of the tortoise and the hare, right? Like slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about your daughter for a minute? Now, how old is she? She's nine and a half. And how is she, does she help you in your business or does she have entrepreneurial tendencies? Completely, completely. This kid is just blowing my mind already. She gives me and my husband ideas and she even attempted to do her own business. Slime making, you know, slime was very popular. I, I think it still is popular. My daughter made slime. She purchased products and made slime and she sold at school and she didn't make enough money. And she's like, ah, this doesn't work. You know, the school is not the right environment. There is not many clients there. Uh, she started Rainbow Loom business, quote unquote. She, at some point, she was like, I'm going to write a book. I have ideas. I want to I wanna make money. How can I make money? I have an idea. Maybe I can write a book. 10 ways to annoy your mom. Oh boy. You know, I don't want you to selling that book. But she gives me ideas. She's like, mommy, what if you sell a t-shirt with your logo? What if you give them a free water, but charge for the water in the price of the t-shirt? Like she's very clever. She's excited about my podcast. She has been on my podcast many times and she wants to start her own podcast. She told me the other day, Mommy, from the two of you, I think you're going to be a millionaire, not daddy. Woohoo! She, she believes in me. She celebrates my success when I hit 100 episodes on my podcast. She made a beautiful card. She made a beautiful cake, like a whole celebration for me she prepared. And I'm like, wow, our kids are watching us. And she was so excited for me. Even I wasn't as excited about my milestone, but 
her excitement is just is beautiful. And we are role models, right? She comes to my office and she has redecorating ideas and all that kind of stuff. Has she identified like what she wants to do when she grows up? Yes, that changes quite often. <laughs> At the moment, she wants to be an interior designer or a movie producer or an actress or a chef. Okay. So those are her um, things she wants to do. But she's very serious about starting a podcast as a child and she may. So she's coming up with ideas. I, I told her you have to have a theme or you can't just have a random show, right? People will tune out. So she has a notebook and I saw she was jotting down some ideas. It's, it's quite cute. I think it's, a lot, it's been a lot of fun for me as a parent to help teach my kids and guide them through those because we have a lot of similar desires in our house to now start a podcast because mom has a podcast or start a business because mom has a business or you know whatever the, the case may be. What's your favorite part about her being entrepreneurial? I think what she has at the moment, I even as an adult didn't have. She has this mentality that you can do anything you want. You can be anybody you want. This freedom of choice, opportunity, thinking freely, creatively, and not being stunted. I love that spirit in her. I, I didn't have that as a child or even as an adult, you know, the confidence was lacking, but she is like, she goes for it. And she's like, oh, it didn't work. Whatever. Let's do something else. That kind of that innocent childlike perspective. I like that. Yeah, it's probably something we could all learn something from too. A perspective I hadn't thought about, like those things that we can learn from our kids. Yes, for sure. I do definitely learn things from her too. Yes. And I love how she encourages me when I am down or things like that. And she checks my Instagram, how many followers I have, or uh, she asks me about my numbers. She's pretty involved uh, in the business. Yes. And she's interested in money too. She is very interested in money. She knows about money. She asks questions. And I think it's quite fascinating. And I don't have a taboo uh, mentality around money. You know what I mean? I want her to have that freedom with money too. So we can, like she doesn't know how much we make or anything like that, but we can talk about what is expensive, what is not. I was creating coaching packages the other day and she was interested. What are you doing? I said, I'm trying to create a coaching package and this is what I'm thinking. This is the price. I don't want to hide it from her, that part of the business. Yeah, we've done similar things where we talk about, and again, I, I don't make an hourly rate you know, as an entrepreneur, but we'll talk about hourly rates and then the cost of things. So like if you get paid $10 an hour and you want to buy that sweater, that's $25. That means two and a half hours of work, which my kids sometimes equate to shows. So we'll be like, that's five shows on TV. <laughs> You'd have to work through. And it gives them a cool idea of worth. Yes. Would you give up five shows to do hard work in order to get that sweater? And oftentimes it changes their mind and they don't want it anymore. And I saved myself money. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Last year, I started giving my daughter allowance for the sake of teaching her how to use and save her own money, not tied to chores or things like that. It's against my uh, parenting philosophy. But I started giving her, again, I'm like, what shall I give her? I said, oh, $2 a week sounds 
good enough for an eight-year-old kid. She wasn't interested in the beginning. Like she would take her $2, put it here and there. A few times it got lost. A few times she bought hot chocolate for a friend in school or popcorn for a friend or herself. Like she wasn't saving or doing anything significantly. She would buy like a lip gloss or things like that. But this year she's like, I'm going to save all my money. I'm like, wow, go for it. So she's saving it. She's like, last year, mommy, I spent all my money and I don't have anything and it doesn't feel right. So this year she's saving her money. She doesn't know what she's going to buy, but I think the idea is that we can't expect children to be money savvy right from the beginning. But if we teach them, give them, in the beginning, like she failed, she made poor choices. Either her money was stolen, lost, or she purchased unnecessary things. But that was necessary for her to learn this year as a nine-year-old that, huh, I didn't make good choices. Maybe I should save my money. And maybe this year she will learn another lesson. And by the time she's an adult, she will have a pretty good sense. Wow. And my wheels are turning because I, I feel like we and we did something similar where we would give the kids money to bring to like summer camp or whatever, and, and they'd lose it or my mistake, I'd give her 20 bucks for something she only need five for. And I'd expect the change back and wouldn't see a penny of it. And honestly, we were like, well, they're not responsible enough. And that was it. And I don't think we've repeated it again. But and it, it totally makes sense that those failures are necessary, that we almost have to just keep working through those failures. Like, yeah, she's not ready. But the way to get her ready is to keep it up. Absolutely. How else is she going to gain that knowledge if she doesn't have this practice run, sharpening her skills and tools by making mistakes? Yes. And suffering the consequences. Yes. Uh, Last year, she wanted to purchase something for her birthday or before her birthday, but it wasn't enough because she had spent her money on some silly things, lip gloss that gets always lost or whatever. But I value that. I don't feel like I have to criticize her or blame her or shame her and say, you're not responsible. That's it. No more money. That's not, that's, I have a growth mindset. I'm like, wow, I see the progress that she has made. And, you know, I I want parents to see that as a learning opportunity, teaching opportunity, and not be result oriented. With children, you cannot be result oriented. You have to have patience and be process oriented instead. Parenting is a practice. That's great. I feel like you've given us so many great tips and tricks. And tell me where people can find you. Any special offers or details about your business? People can find me at AuthenticParenting.com. If they want to schedule a free 30-minute consultation, I am open for that. And they can also listen to my podcast, Authentic Moments, which is a show for parents. We share ideas and strategies for personal growth in the practice of parenting. It's all about cultivating mindfulness, learning about ourselves and about emotions, being trauma-informed. And so we can be more attuned to our children. It's about raising our children, but growing ourselves too. Could you go into a little detail about what the like consultations entail. So if I were to call for a consultation, what would I expect from that call? You would expect, I would listen to you. I, we would identify some of your challenges. I would say, what, what are your parenting challenges? And 
You would tell me a few stories and I will give you some tools or suggestions to tweak a few things if it's something very minor, but at least you will walk away with some kind of aha, even if it's a mindset shift. Maybe you were doing something ineffectively and all it takes is just to tweak it. Uh, so you will walk away with something beneficial. And I will send you a lot of resources too. I have so many webinars and trainings and books and PDFs. So just to support you on your parenting journey. Thank you so much. I feel like that's a super valuable offer. Sometimes we just need somebody on the outside, somebody on the outside with that expertise that you have to take a look at the whole picture and, and help identify where some of our weaknesses are so that we can take the baby steps to start making them better. I would correct you. I like to identify the strengths and build upon that and say, don't even think about your weaknesses right now. Okay. Once you focus on the weaknesses, then you're not going to feel good about yourself, right? That is fair enough. I will give you that. I will let you speak to that. So I help you identify your strengths to take the focus off the weaknesses. Yes, because as parents, we feel already bad about the things that we say and do with our kids. We feel like we don't have time to connect. And if we focus on that, it's like, no, no, no. Let's see what you're doing great and what your strengths are. And let's build upon that. Working on that mindset shift. Absolutely. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We'll put all of the links in the show notes. And I think this has been super valuable. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and, and your knowledge with us today. Thank you. I had a great time. You'll find the show notes and all links that we discussed in this episode at megbrenson.com slash 17. Last week on the podcast, we met Jaylene McGill. Jaylene is a mother of three, and she has an undergraduate in organizational training and a master's in business. Jaylene has worked in the healthcare industry for more than 15 years and has spent the last five years supporting integrative health practitioners implementing business and marketing growth strategies. On her blog, Grow Big and Stay Home, Jaylene helps mom entrepreneurs start and grow their health and wellness businesses. If you could use some tips on organization, you won't want to miss what Jaylene had in store for us. So go back and give that episode a listen. Next week, I am welcoming my friend Tiffany Timmons Saab to the show. For almost 15 years, Tiffany has been helping countless professionals and businesses to up their game, specifically in sales and leadership. With a high dose of expressive energy and emotional intelligence, Tiffany brings out the best in those around her through transformative coaching, speaking, and writing. You can find her latest book on Amazon. It's entitled, You're Leading Now, and it helps leaders coach their own teams to achieve the big vision. Tiffany has so many tips and tricks to share about leadership that are really important to entrepreneurs and parents of all ages and stages. So tune in next week and we'll see you then. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.